You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you're seated, open your Bible at Romans chapter 12. Now we have been spending considerable time looking at the power of renewing the mind. Remember John wrote and he said, Beloved, I pray that you prosper in how many? All things and be in health even as your soul prospers. God's desire is for you to prosper. And when somebody says, I'm not into that prosperity message. No, hang on, hang on, hang on. You don't want to be coming against what God loves. God is pleased in the prosperity of His servant. Most times it's because people don't understand what true prosperity is. They think it's just about the money issue. It's not about the money issue. Very often we talk about the people that preach the prosperity. You don't have to like me, but don't speak against the word. Well, actually you do have to like me. Amen. Even if it's by faith. Because we, we, we love all children of God. Amen. You don't have to always agree with me. We, we know that we're not always in agreement. Hallelujah. Well, when I'm speaking the word, you do have to agree. So when it's, the, it's the word of God that's our very foundation. That's what we agree on. And God has set it up. He wants His children to enjoy life. And when we say prosperity, we're talking about in every arena of your life. Uh, just being born again is stepping into spiritual prosperity. If we can see that and you understand that, you would say everybody needs to prosper. To be born again into the kingdom of God. And then with that spirit prosperity comes everything else that Jesus paid for on the cross. He bore every sickness and every disease. And by His stripes, you were healed. See, that's physical prosperity. And the Bible tells us very clearly that He took all grief and sorrow. He took anything that would try to attack you spiritually, even mentally, in terms of your body. He paid the price for it. And so you can experience soul prosperity. And then the Word does say that even though He was rich, for your sake He became poor, that you through His poverty can experience poverty just like Him. And so that you can be made more pious and more spiritual. Isn't that what he said? No, that through his poverty you might be made rich. And rich for different people means different things. So if your rich is different to my rich, don't get on me about my rich. Because I need rich for different reasons and purposes that you do. Amen. But prosperity, if you want to define it in its true form, is... The, to have ample resources from God to fulfill any call He's called you to do. Without hesitation, without hindrance. Just whatever you need to fulfill the call of God. It's having full and ample supply in every area of your life. Spirit, soul, body, relationships, the people around you, and finances. And so we'll pray that you prosper in all things. Be in health. Just as your, so you recognize soul prosperity would be the limitation. And that's what we've been taking time with because it's so important. Until I can see it, I won't be able to believe it. And until I believe it, I won't be able to receive it. 
You can only receive to the level of what you know is available. Uh, it stands to reason. You can never receive anything from God if you didn't know it was even available. But it's even going further than that. It's renewing that mind from within. Because if I don't understand, the Bible tells us that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So we work out of an inner belief system. We can make a conscious decision, a decision with a mind to actively do something differently or I want to put effort into it, but that will only last as long as the circumstances are favorable. If the circumstances change, you will default to that inner belief system. When you get too tired or it becomes too burdensome or it becomes heavy or if you feel like this is difficult or you've been attacked too often uh, and if there's too much happening in your life, then what happens is the inner man starts to take over to protect, and I put that in inverted commas, to keep you in the place of where you believe. And it'll, it'll, it'll shed whatever, whatever you may have got, it'll get rid of it. If it thinks you're supposed to be poor, it'll keep you poor. That inner man, that inner belief system, that's how, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So we understand when we first get saved, there may be some things that we may have just thought and believed because we were brought up morally in a certain way by our parents or the society has certain rules and laws. We may believe a certain way. But a lot of what the kingdom of God is, is contrary to the world system. Why? Because the Bible says that this world is still governed by this God of this world who is Satan. We are born again and we put as the church in it to rule the kingdom of God. But you understand that the rest of the world who have made choice to reject God have by default Satan as their God. It's not like people are openly Satan worshippers. You're either serving God or the enemy. That's why it's imperative that you and I are leading people to Jesus because people don't know that. And so we need to be leading them to the Lord. And you don't start by saying, listen, uh, you, you're serving the devil. You need to serve Jesus. No, you, you lead people to the Lord by talking about how good he is. It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. And so in order to understand this, you must recognize that the whole world system, the enemy is using every means that he can, using people and using educational systems, media, entertainment, to try and distract us away from the kingdom of God, trying to destroy the way we think. And if you think about it, like I said, if you think 50 years ago, uh, even people who weren't saved kind of knew what's right and wrong. But that's been changed. And it's literally been written into law that if you think a certain way that is actually a sin, uh, then if you don't think a certain way, that's actually sin. They say you should be thinking this way, which is a sin. If you don't, then you're breaking the law. And family of God, that's what we as the church need to be aware of. How are we going to know that? How are we ever going to be able to know what's the difference between right and wrong? And he tells us very clearly here in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world. That's clear, isn't it? You don't use the world's way of thinking to decide your way of thinking. You don't allow society to determine what you believe. Certainly not the government. 
I need more amens than that. That wasn't a political statement. That is a spiritual statement. I won't allow a government to decide the way I need to be thinking, ever. Now, they make laws to protect us and keep us in a place of peace. But if those laws ever violate the Word of God, I'm going to come back to what the Word says. How many say amen to that? Do not be conformed to this world, but be, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now from this scripture, knowing that Paul as an apostle is writing to the church in Rome. Everybody say the church. This is born again people. So that tells me when you saved, your spirit man is brand new. The Bible says old things pass away. How many? All things become new. So your spirit man is a totally new species of being. But you did notice your mind still thinks the way it used to. Have you ever had this thing when you started thinking a certain way or saying something, oh man, I'm supposed to be a Christian. Have you ever had that response? That shows you your mind wasn't born again at that moment. So it's not as if now that you're saved, you just are perfect. Now you've got everything right, whatever you think, that must be God and whatever. No, notice once you're born again and you're saved, your spirit man is now a child of God. You're no longer a sinner. You're a saved child of God. You're a saint. You're destined for heaven. You are a son, a daughter of God. But now this mind that we have with us, that's the soul realm, the mind, the will, and emotions, that still needs to be changed. Changed to what? Line it up to what the spirit man is. Your spirit man is a child of God. It's created in the image of God. It's of the God species. That's who you are. Now your mind needs to line up with that. So how do I do that? Renewing your mind and prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now what is the will of God? How would you possibly know what is God's will? Well, He's given it to you. He's given it to you in the Word of God. That's why we know that all the way through, we've been studying it over the last number of weeks. You see where Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 4, give attention to the words. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. They are life to those who find them, health to the flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. That we spoke about are the boundaries the forces of life that determines how far you're able to go. So we understand it's the Word of God that's going to give us insight into His will. That's why we saw when God spoke to us in Matthew chapter 12, Jesus said, we were talking about trees. Everybody say trees. Verse 33, either make the tree good and its fruit good or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. A tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. An evil man, 
out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. And as I say to you, by every word, idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, by your words you will be condemned. Notice, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we understand, we took time to have a look. What is this tree? In every person's life, you have a belief system. That belief system entered into your life through the seeds of words. Those seeds developed into trees, and those trees today are producing fruit. When I listen to people speak, that is fruit. When I see their actions, that is fruit. That's a result. That, that's the manifestation of the inner belief system. But then we also understood that whatever tree is not of God, God can remove it for us. So I understand that I may have certain things producing fruit in my life, but when I'm born again, I go, hang on, that fruit doesn't line up with the Word of God. So I need to change that tree. Notice it's happening from the inner man. And so we're having a look at what does that mean? How do we deal with that? How do we get rid of of that tree. In Luke 17, Jesus said, when the apostles asked him to increase our faith, verse 6, the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it will obey you. And so we need to be able to tell what's not, what doesn't belong in our life to leave, and then renew our mind to the Word of God. Remember God told Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it. How often? Day and night. And observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Family, meditation is the way you create a dream. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You transform that way of thinking by meditation. Now, we already do that. Someone says, I don't know how to meditate. No, you do. Have you ever worried about something? Let me see your hand. Anybody ever worried? That's meditation. It's worrying. It's thinking continuously about something that's bad. And, and, and they've, they've proved it with like race car drivers and things like that. If, they, if, they, if you tell the driver, don't look at the wall, don't crash into the wall. If they look at the wall, that's usually where they're going to go. You're supposed to look where you want to go, not what you're trying to avoid. If you look at what you're trying to avoid, invariably you, you're drawn towards that. And so understand that when we spend time in the world system, and that's usually through entertainment because a lot of people are locked into their devices, their phones and whatever the thro phone throws them. So they got some time to spend and they may look at one or two things with scriptures, but you notice how YouTube decides what you got to watch next and all these, you know, whatever social media on. As, you, as people are scanning, they decide, they, they, they decide you're going to watch this, watch this. Before you know it, you're off somewhere else. You go, why am I even watching stuff like this? Because the world system is designed to take you off track. And if we just blindly give in to that, we'll land up trapped in that. If we continuously spending more time in, for example, entertainment, just watching television program after television program after television program without 
putting in the Word of God. There's nothing wrong with watching something, some kind of entertainment. But if that's our only intake or our majority intake, then we will start thinking the way those people think. We may sit there thinking, well, they shouldn't be speaking like that. They shouldn't be saying that. They shouldn't be fighting like that. They shouldn't be arguing like that. They shouldn't be eating each other. They shouldn't be shooting each other. They shouldn't be. But if, if, if that's all you're watching, it starts to program the inside of you. And then before you know it, you're shouting and you're swearing and you, what happened? Oh, I don't know. Where did that come from? No. It's out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. So we have to recognize that when you receive something, it's going in as a seed. Now, the most important seed, remember we spoke in Mark chapter 4, verse 13 to 20. We spent some time around the parables of the different types of soil and the seed that would go into that soil. Luke chapter 8, verse 11, Jesus said the parable is this, the seed is the Word of God. Say that, the Word of God is seed. In fact, the Word speaks of it being incorruptible seed. An incorruptible seed means that seed will never deteriorate. It'll never break down. It'll never grow old. It is a seed that when it's planted, you nurture it, it will always produce. It will always produce. And so just before he got to the seed parable and the soils, he said in Mark chapter 4, verse 24, he said to them, well, just after he'd spoken about the parable of the seed, just after he spoke about the parable of the seed, in verse 24, he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use is how it will be measured to you. And you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Now, now look at that, what it's saying here. He says, yeah, the measure you use is how it will be measured to you. I don't understand why God always blesses those people more. And I just don't get it. They always seem to get and I never seem to get. The measure you use. God's not up there deciding he was a better person than this person. God doesn't use whether you better or good or bad or whatever. He loves all his children and he's given to each one the same measure of faith. How many understand everybody sitting in this room today, everyone under the sound of my voice, whether you are watching on television or whether you're in one of our campuses, every single person is hearing the same word. Now, fast forward to 12 months later, next year, where are you going to be? Where are you going to be? Because everybody got the same word today. But what measure are you using? It's not up to God. God doesn't say, well, you know, it's God's pleasure to prosper everybody and I pray that you prosper in all things. Well, you know, Pastor Samuel sat on the front row, so we're going to bless him more. Then, then the front row's packed up. Then there's not enough front row for everybody. It's not about which row you sit on. 
Isn't that right? It's not like God is a, he feels nicer towards you. He doesn't have his favorite children. He does show favor, but favor is shown to those who walk by faith. Hallelujah. So how does he decide who gets what? He doesn't. You decide. The measure you use is how it's measured to you. I just don't agree with that doctrine. Okay, don't panic. It's not going to hit you behind the head. It's not just going to happen to you. If you don't like it, just ignore it. It'll never happen. Hallelujah. So it's those that say, I believe. I receive it. The measure you use. How far are you willing to take this? If I believe that this particular seed is going to produce me a particular harvest, and, you know, let's think of corn seed, millies. And so I decide I want to have a whole bunch of corn. So now I decide how much corn. How much corn do you want? Well, you're going to have to decide ahead of time because that's the amount of seeds you're going to need to be planting. Because if I don't plant the right amount of seed, I can never complain about my harvest. I plant just 10 seeds. I get my 10 bushels. But then I look at my neighbor and he's got a whole acre full. But God, how come I only ever get 10 bushels? He's got an acre full of... That wasn't God's favoritism. God saw 10 seed and he's commanded the seed already to produce the 10 bushels. Every seed is commanded to produce a bushel. Isn't that right? So if I wanted an acre full of bushels, I needed to sow an acre full of seed. The measure you use. Now, this is in context here talking about the seed in soil. So now he says here, what you hear, the measure to which you hear, the measure to which you hear. Now again, everybody's hearing the same sound. Remember Jesus said something interesting one day, he was busy speaking and he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what I'm saying. Was he, hang on, if he's speaking, if you've got ears to hear, hear what I'm saying, it would be superfluous to say that if it's only talking to people that can actually hear. The deaf person's not hearing the actual sound. What's the point of even saying that? If you've heard, hear me. <laughs> well, I did hear you, so of course I heard you. Now, that's what he's talking about. Because again, it comes back to you may hear the sound, but what are you hearing? You may be listening, but what are you hearing? The measure you hear. So if I'm already going, oh, I don't agree with that. I don't see that. I just don't get that. No, it couldn't be. Well, that's the measure I'm using. So he says, be cautious what you hear. Make sure you're hearing to the measure of what's been spoken by God. The measure you use is how it's measured to you. And notice it goes on to say, even what someone has will be taken away. Whoever has to him more will be given. Whoever does not have what he has will be taken away. What's that talking about? That's not just talking about stuff. If somebody is not hearing at the right level, the right context of what's been spoken, then any understanding they already, the little bit they may have, will be eventually eroded away. It'll eventually be taken away. So it's only when I keep feeding my faith, keep taking the word, keep taking what God has said and keep 
feeding my spirit with that, then more will be given. It's this continuous adding. So notice he says here, take heed what you hear. Make sure you're listening to the right things. That's why we saw in Philippians 4 verse 8, for, for finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. So I want to make sure when I'm listening to something is use that list, just analyze it. Is it praiseworthy? Is it noble? Is it just? Is it doing? Is it saying what God wants me to have? If it's not, I'm not going to use it even for entertainment purposes. I want to make sure that I keep my mind stayed on the word of God. Why don't you lift your hand and agree with me? Say, I choose to keep my, my mind stayed on the Word of God. Now watch this. Mark chapter 4 verse 26. Jesus said, The kingdom of God is as. Now you understand the kingdom of God is the realm of God. It's his, his whole existence. It's who God is. And His kingdom is His method of operation, His system. And that kingdom operates at a certain level. Now, it's a realm of the Spirit. Remember, Jesus told His disciples, I've got many things to tell you, but you can't receive them yet. However, when I go, I will send the Holy Spirit and He will tell you what you need to know. Why? Because now when you're born again, the Holy Spirit lives within you and now you can understand spiritual matters. So God has hid these things in a mystery but he's made known to the church. So now the realm of the Spirit, back then when Jesus was speaking, they couldn't understand spiritual matters. But he used a natural explanation to help them understand how the kingdom works. So he says, the kingdom of God is as if. This is how the kingdom works. Say that, this is how the kingdom of God works. Now notice he says, if a man scatters seed on the ground, remember we're talking about growing the right tree, the right belief system. The seed is the word of God. A man scatters seed on the ground, out of the heart flow the issues of life. So the soil is the heart. The kingdom of God is when you take the word of God, sow it into your heart. Watch this. You sleep by night. Rise by day, the seed sprouts and grows. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head. After that, the full grain in the head. When the grain ripens, immediately puts in the sickle. Why? Because the right fruit has come. The right fruit has come. Now, here's my point. This is what I want you to get out of this today. We can look at our lives and be frustrated and say, I wish it could change. We come to church, we hear the word, we hear all the testimonies, we may see others around us that are living a certain way, but why is it not working for me? 
And here's the key. He says the word of God does the work. See, if we try, we say, okay, if I come and then let, let me go sit in the front row. Let me clap louder. Let me, let me serve over here. Let me do this over there. Let me, I'll go work in the children's church. I'll, I'll start a home cell. And then still seems like our lives don't change. And it seems like nothing's really worked. We can get frustrated and think, but I'm doing everything they say to do. But you see, the problem is that in a tree still not producing the right fruit. And it's not about the outward working. It doesn't matter how hard an apple tree tries to be an orange tree. It'll never produce oranges. It can go live in the middle of an orange orchard. And Vrachis next year, they'll bring up apples. No, that tree needs to be born again. It needs to be planted again as an orange tree. So now when you say, okay, I don't want apples anymore, get rid of the apple tree, now get the orange tree and put it in. Yeah, when am I going to have oranges? It's not your job. See, it says, we don't know how. I don't, I don't understand. I don't need to know why it is that if I speak the word of God, it's going to change my life. He said, I just don't get that speaking stuff. You know, somebody once said to me, I, 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 that's, that, that, uh, this confession stuff doesn't work for me. What did you just say? I said it doesn't work for me. Okay, so, so you say it doesn't work for you. Right. Okay, so is it working? No. So it's not working. So you got what you said. So it is working. Some of you got that. Some of you may need to write that down and get it later. The point is, it works for whosoever. But we don't have to know. I'm glad he said we don't have to know. There's certain things I'm glad I don't need to be in control of. How are you glad you don't have to control your heart? I mean, that thing is intricate. One side's pumping while the other one's letting go. One valve must be closed while the other one's open. And, you know, which one must be closed when one, that one opens. And, you know, think about boom, boom, boom. Now, imagine you trying to control it. I, I wouldn't have time to talk to anybody. And I, but not only that, we also got to remember, oh, air. <gasps> air out. <gasps> And, and heart and oh, oh stomach yeah I had some food today right uh, nutrition uh, vitamin that way oh heart <laughs> you, you'd go crazy trying to control your body I don't have to know how it works all I gotta know is put the right stuff in put the right stuff in God's designed it to be healthy we know that in the physical realm Amen. You do the right things. You do the right exercise. You eat the right way. That body will work to keep you healthy. It's designed to do that automatically. The spirit man is designed the same way. All you need to do, God said, you don't have to worry about it. Jesus himself said, you don't know how. So you don't have to know why. I like to know some things. I do like to know why. But I'm glad, I, I, I like to know, I'm, I'm mechanically minded, I like, you know, scientific things and that, so I like to know how an engine works. But I'm glad I don't have to think about it when I get in and start the car. Isn't that right? So it's good to be able to know sometimes that's out of, either out of interest or getting a deeper understanding so you know why it's working, then you know if I do that, it'll break it. 
But here's the point. Someone who's just been born again has no understanding of the kingdom of God. This can begin working for them today. How? By taking the word and just getting it into you. Just feed your faith on the word of God every day. Every day. Get word into you. Get the Bible scriptures into you. The easiest way to do that is just take messages I've already preached. And just play it because I'm going to teach you the Word of God. And you get that Word going into you every single day. Don't just leave it Sunday to Sunday. Your physical body wouldn't be happy if you only gave it a meal once a week. So our spirit man, the same way, feed it every single day on the Word. What is it that you need to be changed in your life? Is you find the Scriptures of it and just... Keep feeding it. Just get it down in there. And your soil, the God's designed your spirit man to take that word and begin to turn it into what that seed's designed to produce. It'll grow that tree up and the fruit will come out. The key is just staying at it. Staying consistent. Just stay at it all the time. I don't care how far under circumstances you've got. I don't care how buried deep you feel like you're under all this stress and this worry and this debt and this burdens. And no matter how far deep you are, you just keep that word going. It's like if you take a cork and you take it down into the water, you let it go. What happens? That cork goes, it'll pop out on the top. You take a tiny little cork, take it as deep as you want. You let it go. It'll work its way, man. It'll, it'll, it's going for the surface. It just, it just keep going. You just keep that word of God. Just keep it inside of you. And blah, 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 blah. you're going to come up, float right to the top. That word will bring you out. I said the word will bring you out. You just got to stay consistent. Just keep that word going. Family God, I want to encourage you today. Your prosperity has already begun. I got like seven amen. I said your prosperity has begun. Shout amen. How do I, can I say that so confidently? Because I spoke it to you today. Now what measure did you use? What measure are you using? Because with the measure you use is how it will be measured to you. And as you receive this word today, is now keep speaking it. Keep walking in. Keep declaring it. Keep it active. Just stay consistent. What's happening? You're renewing your mind. Every time you read the word of God, but God says. But God says. But God says. That's why when I'm listening to a newscast, you know, they're just reading the news. I won't remain silent. I'm very verbal when it comes to the news. Because if they say something that's cursing my country, uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. We spoke a blessing of this nation. Every Sunday we bless this nation. And we're saying we are well provided for. This nation is a prosperous nation. We got wise leaders making wise decisions. Corruption's been bound and cast out. All corruption is being exposed. Don't be surprised when you hear more and more and more of it happening. Why? Because the church is putting pressure on that. Corruption is exposed. We've been renewed. We have every provision. We've declared light be. 
We have full power. Amen. We're going to keep at it. Why? Because we're not letting go. So I take God's Word, keep renewing my mind. What does He say about an issue? And I'm not going to let society dictate to me. If God says something, you know, if they start talking around a certain issue and they're trying to change my speech, I won't change it. I'm going to still call with what it is. Amen. Amen. Because that's how we're going to stay. We stay consistent with the Word. By doing that, by staying consistent, you may think it's just about being right or wrong or pedantic or, you know, no, it's not about any of that. It's saying if I call it the way God calls it, He's given me the obligation that I don't have to figure it out. That seed will produce the right tree and that tree produces fruit without me even working at it. My place is the labor of faith, listening to the right word, keeping the right nutrition going into my spirit. And as a result of that, the tree grows up and then you become who God's called you to be. Amen. Has this encouraged you today? Come on, let's give our Lord Jesus praise for His word. Let's all stand together. Say this with me. Father, today I've heard your word. That word has brought faith in my heart. And I am a believer, not a doubter. As a hearer of your word, I'm also a doer. And from this day on, I determine to feed your word into my heart every single day. And as I meditate on that word, it transforms my mind. I align my thinking with yours. And as I do, your word is designed to prosper me. It's the seed that produces trees of prosperity Trees for my success, trees for my health, trees for my well-being, trees for me to fulfill your call in my life, that I may be everything you've called me to be. And I thank you. I don't even know how it's working, but I do know this. It is working and I'm becoming everything you created me to be. In Jesus' name, amen.